Welcome to A Handful of Hope, where we bring you heart-to-heart conversations with heart-centered people. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of A Handful of Hope. I'm so happy and grateful to have Tiffany with us today, who is a mindset and movement coach. She helps women who have experienced a loss of identity following a life transition. Through meditation, movement, and mindset, she guides them towards self-love and self-worth. She helps them find home within by uncovering subconscious programming, reframing, and empowering. Tiffany began her career in information technology, working for Fortune 500 companies. In 2011, she began a sta- became a stay-at-home mom, dedicating herself to raising her children, but found herself feeling lost and not sure who she was anymore. She realized she'd lost her identity. When she restarted her yoga practice after a brief hiatus, she noticed that she was becoming a more patient mom. She knew there was something special there and felt the call to train as a yoga teacher. She built a thriving business teaching private and corporate yoga and fitness and found home within herself in the process. She was inspired to help other women experience the same transformation, and that is how Founding Home, Founding home Within was born. Tiffany, welcome, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're absolutely welcome. And I love that you acknowledge the loss through identity. Mm. I think that is such an important and tragically so over or undervalued component of loss in our society. And I think that that is one that afflicts probably more people than we may realize. And that often folks who are struggling with the emotions of loss, grief, depression, anger, resentment, all the stuff that comes with it, just the same as a death. The difference with the death is, is I think when we're going through a loss of identity and we don't understand that, those folks are often shamed in silence, shamed Mm -hmm. in silence. Why has this been such an important piece for you to build your career around? Um, Basically, I feel like I built my early career based on what I thought I was supposed to do you know, get, uh, get the degree, get the job, climb the corporate ladder and achieve and strive. And then I built, tied my identity to that, to um, success in my career, to success in my finances. And it, it really wasn't fulfilling. So the becoming a stay-at-home mom kind of forced me into reevaluating, reassessing. It removed that, that identity completely and so I had to really look at, okay, what, um, who am I? What am I here to do? What fulfills me? And um, the yoga teacher training was like a step, like just a stepping stone in that direction. I didn't know where it was going to lead, but I felt this is what I need to do. This is the right direction. And then just by taking those steps, doors just started to open. I got more clarity on what I'm here to do, what I believe I'm here to do. And, and I think I'm still discovering that. I think that's a lifelong process and it can evolve and change. Um, but I think so often people just get caught up in the busyness of life and in societal expectations of what you're supposed to do. And it's so valuable to just step back which really we're all having a wonderful opportunity to do that right now, to just step back from that all and just reevaluate what is really important, what fulfills you, 
are you really feeling and finding joy in your life and spending time with the people you care about doing the things that you enjoy or are you just in the the um uh routine of just every day drive to work do put in the hours come home and just taking taking a step back and looking at that to see and make sure you're really living a fulfilling life when you asked that question who am i did you were you able to accept the answer did you did you like the answer and i think i think that's such a powerful question to ask of ourselves and i'm my observation with people is many of us never ask that question and when we do many of us do not like the answer and i'm curious what your experience was with it at first i did not like the answer <laughs> no um, <laughs> I've evolved since then. I've grown a lot, but at the time <laughs> I did not like the person that I was. Um, mm. I, um, yeah, I didn't have self-love. Um, I felt hollow. I felt, um, I felt like there was something wrong with me. Um, like I was doing something wrong and, and that my past, uh, basically we all have events in our childhood and in our life growing up. They could be you know, mild traumas from maybe a teacher saying something that really makes you feel small, all that, that to an adult wouldn't make a difference or something a lot more tra traumatic that could be a whole spectrum, but we all have that. And, um, and that can, uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, we all have that. And so I thought that my experiences made me different and meant there was something wrong with me. Like nobody else had that ex those types of experiences. Everyone else had this glorious, perfect childhood and, and life. And so I had this, this real self-loathing. And um, so it, I really just, I came back to my yoga practice after my daughter was old enough um, to, well, I was very attachment parenting, so spent a lot of time with my children. So basically when I felt comfortable leaving her, I began my yoga practice again. And I really noticed that I was becoming more patient with the children. I wouldn't get triggered so easily. And so with that, I knew that there was something, there was something there. It was making a difference. So I had the opportunity to train in the yoga teacher training. Like it just, synchronicities it lined up and I didn't think that I would be a good yoga teacher um, I I viewed myself as like a corporate analytical person at working on computers so but I was like well I'll give it a shot see how it goes and through that experience I established um, a meditation practice so yoga and meditation and then by the end of the training I was a completely different person and I really felt a shift in um, self-love and acceptance and worth. And I looked back and I was like, what was it? What made that difference? Because it just, it was so transformative. And uh, I really pin it down to the meditation, mostly. And yoga, meditation is one of the limbs of yoga. And so yoga is part of that. But um I still didn't know who I was. It was, it's, I mean, I think I'm still discovering that. But um, I 
it led me down the path of discovering myself and feeling more comfortable with myself and um, beginning to love myself and accept myself. How, do you, how did you lean into that, Tiffany? Because I feel like a lot of people, when they're, when they're getting a call to do something that seems so absolutely different. I mean, to me, just hearing yoga and analytical computer data <laughs> stuff seems like as opposite of like an apples and oranges type thing as it could be. How do you find the courage or the, you know, what's going through your head, your heart to give you the, you know, maybe the grit to lean into that and embrace that? Because I feel like many people in the similar situation wouldn't do that. They would, they would hear that voice of the teacher or the mom or the grandma. You know, for me, it was a grandma when I was six, seven years old telling me, you know, you can't do that. And they would hear that same voice pop up and tell them you can't do that. And there would just be another notch in the belt about why they can't pursue their dreams. But you leaned into it. Why is that? That's a great question. I actually, before when I was working in IT, I had that little thought in my head because I, I met um, someone that was selling a yoga studio. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what that would be like. But I could never do that. And I just dismissed it. Um, I think it was just because I had left the previous career, so I wasn't tied to that. So it was like a fresh slate. I was starting from new, and it would have been, the easy thing would have been to just go back to the IT career. It would have paid well quickly and been easy. Um, but I thought, well, if I'm gonna do, the, if, if I'm gonna do this, if I'm ever gonna do this, now's the time. Let's give it a shot while, um, while I don't have something else career-wise occupying my time. So I basically, it was a lower cost program because um, it was through the community college. So I basically thought, well, it's a much smaller investment. So it's not as big of a risk financially. And if anything, I will grow from the experience. Mm. So it was re really just timing. <laughs> so you're feeling before you do the yoga teacher training and when you do that initial i am this is when you are working in it you're working with all these cool companies you're making good money and you find yourself in this space of self-loathing right mm -hmm. contrast that for us a little bit the difference between self-loving self-loathing and self-love because my wager is, is that people who are listening to this and resonating with it, who are watching you right now and can relate to self-loathing, one of the detriments of it is when we're in that space, we feel like we're so alone. Mm -hmm. We feel like we're the only one going through it, that nobody else can hear us. And I think sometimes when people will get on and talk about working through and overcoming it, we don't do it, a, we do it a disservice by just saying self-loathing because we're not actually linguistically speaking about it in the way that those who are kind of in that space will be are, are in it and living it every day. Mm. If you don't mind, if you could just contrast it really quick, like where was your self-loathing experience like? And then when you started to make your evolution, I love you use the word evolve into self-loving. What's, what's that look like for you? I felt like I never belonged. Like wherever I would be, I felt like, an imposter like I was putting on 
a show to fit in. Like even in my career, you know, kind of like the imposter syndrome, like if mm. they ever find out, you know, one day, once I get too far out of my, um, out of my league, they're going to find out and it's all going to come crumbling or even in um, social circles feeling like, well, if they get to know the real me, they're not going to like me. <laughs> yeah. So I've got to put up this shell, this little wall and keep people at a distance and not, 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 not let them get in, not really share authentically from my heart. Just say, either go along with what is being said in the group or um, not share a lot. Kind of just have like this bubble around me, if you will, to just protect myself and to not let, let people see the real me. And just not feeling fulfilled, not feeling happy, feeling like, like what, like what am I doing? I can't, I can't get fulfillment no matter how much success I achieve. It's just not, it's not doing it here. It's not making me feel fulfilled. It's not uh, filling that hole that I feel. And then shifting into self-love is more, it just feels more joyful. It feels like mm. I can be myself and be okay with whether someone likes me or not. That's okay. It's not me. It's not personal. Um, some people are going to like me. Some people aren't, but I'd much rather be my authentic self. And then the people that resonate with me will be attracted to me. And I'd rather be around those people than the people that aren't that don't resonate um, and not taking it personally because you can't, you can't be liked by everybody. It's just not, it's just not possible. <laughs> I've tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you just live your life trying to fit in and trying to please everybody, that's just not an authentic fulfilling life. It's hollow and you're not sharing yourself. Um, and by sharing yourself, other people start to hear their themselves and their experiences and your experiences and start to feel less alone. Were you always, was fulfillment always what you were looking for? Because I find it fascinating that you say that my, my kind of one of my core beliefs is that success without fulfillment is failure. And I think that the the bigger game that all of us are playing is we're playing for fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we necessarily realize that's the game we're playing though, especially when we're in, we're in the, in the field, on the field, are we in the field or on the field, whatever we're, whether we're in or on, when we're in the game, we don't necessarily realize it. And I, I'm curious, were you, did you, were you aware that that was what you were looking for at that time when you're in that self-loathing? Were you looking for the fulfillment piece or was that just, is that the language you understand it to be now? Uh, that's a good question. I was looking for money <laughs> and I thought the money, <laughs> I thought the money would bring the fulfillment. Gotcha. I don't know okay. if I, I don't know if I would have used the word fulfillment. Um, but I was looking to achieve success career wise and financial. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was what was going to make me happy and whole. Um, so I think it was fulfillment. I'm not quite sure that I made that connection at the time. It's interesting though, isn't it? How, you know, much of our lives will be spent 
pursuing this thing, this piece of paper that really is not any different than this piece of paper, except for it's been printed and has some colors and barcodes and all the security stuff on it. We can buy stuff with it. But we do it, and when you start to really chunk it down and get to the core, we do it because we believe it's going to bring us an emotion, mm -hmm. you know, happiness, fulfillment, joy. And when we give ourselves permission to shift away from it, you know, still embracing, uh, you know, the psychology of, of happiness and joy, and you can have money be a part of that, absolutely. But not having it be the only, the, the, the primary reason to it, which is where I think many of us are kind of hypnotized into believing is that if you have a bunch of money, then you'll be fulfilled. You know, mm -hmm. you'll be happy, you'll be joy, you'll be loved, you'll be enough, you'll be significant, you'll be good enough. And then we start to do what we think we're supposed to do to get it. But it seems like no matter how much money we make, it doesn't do it. In fact, I think as you said, it, it almost magnifies the whole, right? Mm -hmm. You know, for people who are in that space right now, who are pursuing the money, but they're really looking for the fulfillment, how can they begin shifting their psychology around that to look for the fulfillment? Hmm. Um, really pay attention to what brings you joy, whether it's, it's dancing or spending time with friends or like no matter how little it is and no matter how much you think you can't make money doing it, just start to lean into it in whatever way possible. Uh, whether it's taking weekly salsa dancing classes or um, if you like to draw, spend some time drawing, you know, five minutes a day, just carve out time and make it part of your routine. It's non-negotiable and just really allow yourself to feel that joy and that fulfillment that you get from it. And I feel like it, that will just lead you down the path. Like start, as you start to focus on what brings you joy, you'll start to notice more opportunities to lean into that and to, and to go down that path. And it could be totally, you know, way down the um, left field of what that specific thing is, but it can lead you in that way of, of a way to spend more of your life finding fulfillment. Like you can find a career that doesn't exist now that you've never heard of. You know, there's people that do things that, aren't typical careers and I, I'm I can't think of an example right off the top of my head but there's definitely tons <laughs> you know and um it's just if you really lean into what brings you joy and you'll you just follow that and and it will just the path will be lit you'll find it and making the transition you've made from going to being a, reco a recovering corporate <laughs> human to doing your own thing, doing the work you do. I know you noted that you found yourself being more patient and understanding as a mom. How has it changed how you show up in your relationships, your non-parenting relationships, your friendships, your family dynamics? Do you find that you fundamentally show up differently and interact with those people differently? Yes, very much so. Um, where in the past, I would take things a lot more personally if someone was having a bad day or snapped or 
um, whatever, I would take it personally and think like, what's wrong with me? What did I do or whatever? And now I'm able to kind of just see past that, see that they're just dealing with something, whether it's their, you know, subconscious programming from built up from childhood or over the years or maybe they just have something going on in their day. Maybe they have um, a loved one that's um, experiencing illness or something else, some sort of stress in their life. And it's just manifesting as the way that they're interacting with, with me. So I take, a, I take things less personally. I take, I, I feel like my, I'm more, my emotions, my, um, mm. I'm, I'm a little bit, I mean, it's not flat, <laughs> but you know, it's a little more steady and, and even then the dips are higher, you know, whereas I might've been like all over the place before, like my highs would be high, but then my lows would be just, oh my gosh, like the world's going to end. My life is going to end. What's like, it's all over. And that doesn't happen anymore. Now, when, when I hit the lows, I'm like, what's on the other side of this? Something mm. pretty awesome is, is on the other side of this. And I can't wait. Like I actually... <laughs> look forward to that i mean it can be hard but um <laughs> you, you, ask, you actually ask that question when you're feeling low do you ask yeah. you do really yeah i've been having a lot more of those through um through the, the quarantine experience i feel like it's been bringing up like the whole growth process i've worked through a lot of the um wounding and healing that i needed to do and then it's bringing up a lot more now that i'm ready for it like it's bringing up more to heal and I move through it a lot more quickly, like sometimes in a few minutes, sometimes in an hour, sometimes in a day or two. And, and even throughout that, I'm able to see, okay, this is just me processing something that I need to heal and release. And I know that on the other side, I'm just going to be up leveled and, and in, even much, in a much better place. How do you go about processing? And for somebody who this may be their first time being introduced to that concept of processing some of the wounding, some of the healing, and through that, how could they begin to do that for themselves? For me, I've really tuned into my intuition and it really tells me what I need to do, whether it's breath work or meditation or just crying or moving my body and whether it's dancing or just kind of flailing, you know, flailing around or slamming the ground or whatever, um, or vocalizing or chanting or, it's just, um, it really is dynamic for me now. But if you don't have that connection with your intuition, um, I would say meditation to really connect with yourself that will help establish that connection with your intuition. And it also really helps you separate yourself from your thoughts and realize that your thoughts are not you. Like mm -hmm. that's just the voice in your head. And when you can see that from the position of the observer, it, I mean, it's just transformational and you can start to see your thoughts are, um, oh, I could go on a long tangent here, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, you just start to, to recognize when your thoughts are, whether they're serving you or, or not, and you can start to pull back from that and be like, okay, well, where does that come from? Where did I first feel that? Where did that originate? And then just start to try to get down to the roots. I would also really recommend working with a coach. Um, I had a, a coach 
last year that I worked with um, quite a bit that she really helped me process um, a lot of, I mean, a lot of the stuff that has come up and she helped me work through, like through NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming and um, things like that really helped me work through a lot. And I, I'm the shift from when I first started working with her um, through the end of the year was just um, exponential. It was amazing. So if you're really feeling lost, I would recommend that. Um, otherwise, just take the time to be with yourself. Journaling as well. You can really tune into what's going on in your head. And if it's really mindful, it's a form of meditation as well. Meditation doesn't have to be just sitting there quietly trying to have no thoughts. You can meditate um, while you're washing the dishes. Like if you're doing it really mindfully and you're just focused on that and you just start to be present in the moment. So meditation is really just focusing on one thing. It could be what your hands are doing. It could be your breath, breathing in, breathing out. I am breathing in, I am breathing out. Whatever you can bring your awareness to. And then it, it starts to slow down that mind chatter. And you can really start to become present to yourself and you begin to hear that inner voice, the, the true voice of self rather than just the chatter. We only have one more time for, we only have time for one more question. I think we'll end with this. It seems that we, we've kind of defined two timelines here where there was a, there was a pre self love and then now with self love and also kind of a, a before you were a mom, the early stages of a mom to mm -hmm. now. I'm curious as, as both a leader and as a mom, what do you want your legacy to be? Ooh. <laughs> um, I, I want other, I mean, specifically my passion is women who had that same, have had that same experience. And I really want them to experience the transformation that I did to find love, to find fulfillment, to find connection with self and, um, and discover their purpose, something that brings them joy. And the purpose doesn't have to be this, you know, huge grand thing and it can shift and transform along the way, but just to live in a way that feels authentic and in alignment and fulfilling and, and finding self-love and self-worth because so many of us, struggle with that and and that's just not not a fun way to live so just making uh, helping other people experience that shift would just be magical yeah love that everyone as always you're going to want to re-watch re-listen take notes take some more notes this has been an amazing discussion on not just from an evolution of self-loathing and self-love but really about what can be possible you know, I think that so many of us have walk around and experience life with a purpose that's buried inside of us. And oftentimes we become a slave to our own self-folding thoughts, the chatter as 
Tiffany said. And in so doing, we get so distracted and hypnotized by the chatter that we never get connected truly to self. I love the evolution that she went through of going and having the honest foresight of looking in the mirror and doing the I am and realizing she didn't really like necessarily who that person was, but be willing to lean into the discomfort, being willing to lean into the thing that seemed logically to not make sense. She used the analytical mind to rationalize it enough to be able to take the action, but she leaned into it. And it's something to ask yourself is what is it that you need to lean into right now? You know, where are the things that have been the whispers on your heart that you can lean into? And then leaning into it, she allowed for herself to evolve. I love that word evolution, right? There is such an evolution that each of us can take as a human being. And especially if you find yourself trapped and suffering and struggling with self-loving, there's an evolution to self-love that really can be quite extraordinary. To get you to a place where you realize that, you know, uh, you're not alone in it. You're, you're not, and that's not how you're born to be. And that's not how you're meant to exist. And that if you hear the voices pop up, that tell you you can't, you're unable, you're not good enough, you're not deserving enough. Remember that it's just chatter. It's not truly who you really are. It's just, it's just the, as she said, the unconscious programming that's come in, whether you learn that from mom, grandma, a teacher, whomever it is, recognize it's not your voice, but to really get into self because self is where home is and understanding what's your inner truth, the real truth of guidance. What's the fulfillment piece for you? And to begin to live your life and your business in alignment with that. What a beautiful life that is. Tiffany, this has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so, so very much for sharing. This has been an absolute blessing to us. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise. We will see you next time, everyone, on another edition of A Handful of Hope. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you're finding value in these conversations, please rate and review on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite place is to listen to